Welcome to the Boom Boom Performance Podcast, your resource for science-based training and nutrition, data-driven coaching, and education-focused content. Before we get into this podcast, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and learn with me so that you can apply what you are about to learn, take my strategies, use these tools, and finally have some serious methods to see sustainable success with your physique, your mind, and your life. This podcast was built on the foundation of applied education, and I'm excited for you to be here so you can have that experience with me. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the show. Today's guest is the one and only Grant Diziak. I say it like that because Grant is a very unique person. He is like no other person I know, and he's a great friend of mine. Uh, he's somebody that I more recently have been connecting with more, but I've known him for a while, and we've always uh, really connected well together, um, and somebody I've just always respected. I always have respected and appreciated his outlook on life, his perspective on happiness and success and positivity, his energy, his vibes, like what his goals are and how he um, really prides himself in taking care of uh, and fostering the relationships he has. So th this podcast actually stemmed from us having a phone call conversation the other week um, where we were just kind of bullshitting. We were just going back and forth talking about life, about being entrepreneurs, about being men, um, and just talking shop about life. And it was a really powerful conversation I had with him. Um, and by the end of it, I was like, dude, let's podcast and let's keep it natural and let's do a show talking about this kind of shit because not that many people talk about it. So today what you're going to hear is a very authentic conversation between me and a good friend talking about life. We cover motivation. We cover friendship and relationships. We cover his journey in, in being a lone wolf um, and being alone and being yourself. Uh, we talk about self-acceptance. We talk about judgment and comparison. We talk about so much um, that I think you're really going to take a, a good perspective of what happiness and success really is. And I think if you can take anything away from this podcast, it's just to try to pull away his energy and how he talks about the things we're talking about. Because it's less about what he says and more about how he says it. Remember, more about how he says it versus what he says. And I mean that because the way he talks about his perspective on life and his worldview is something extremely admirable. And I think that it's something that can lead to true happiness and success if you do it the right way. So take note of our perspectives, of our worldviews, of the lessons we tell, of the books we share, of the, of the experiences he's had. Really, really good podcast. It's a powerful one, uh, all mindset focused. You can check Grant out at grant me a body one word grant me a body and you can check me out at cody.boomboom on instagram tag us both share this on your story if you like it we would appreciate it we'll share it on ours as well and thank you for listening without any further ado let's get on to this real conversation with my good friend grant diziak you know i i record so many episodes on fitness stuff that lately when i get people on um I want to talk about mindset. I want to talk about experiences. I want to talk about life. I want to talk about, you know, what's getting you through the struggles, the hurdles, things like that. Because a lot of times, I mean, this is something you and I have talked about and I'm already recording. So we're just kind of jumping right into it. But like the biggest roadblocks for people to change their body usually isn't even physical, right? It's usually right. emotional and mental. Would you agree? Oh, dude, 100%. Because like, it's like anything else. I mean, like your body is... Uh, the 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 physical tangible thing that's like it's like a million dollars in your bank account it's uh the perfect instagram photo of you and your significant other it's like the tangible thing that everybody chases except it's always stemming from somewhere else yeah what like let, let's go, let's go back one quick sec because i have i have some some specific questions i wrote out that i want to ask you but before i do like just so people because I did just kind of jump right into this um, because I know you so well. But uh, real quick intro, who is Grant Diziak? Hey. And, and you've hey, been on I'm this Grant. show before. <laughs> you've been on this show before. So how, how has Grant changed since the first time you've been on? Shit, man, that was what? That was like, that was almost a year and a half ago, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was a while ago. It was like last, I want to say it was like last, last, last winter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I was still, I was still in Columbus back then. Mm -hmm. um, well, I'm Grant Ziak. Or Diziak, 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 Dizichak, whatever anybody wants to say. <laughs> um, I do 
I, like, I don't even know exactly what it is I call myself anymore. Uh, it's like, you could say life coach, you say fitness, like business mentor, like whatever. Like to me, I'm like the last resort that people go to uh, when your business coach doesn't work, when this doesn't work, when your fitness coach doesn't work, when your macros don't work, when all these things don't work. Uh, because anybody can follow those kind of things. It's, it's like getting your mindset right. So that's what I work on. I, I like, I hit you on the deeper level with shit. I love it. Um, I've been doing it for, I don't know. Uh, technically, I've been doing it for like, like six years uh, as an actual trainer or coach or whatever title you want to give it. Um, but just about me, I mean, like I moved from after being in Columbus for 13 years, I played football there, I ran bars and restaurants, and then I literally picked up my entire life and moved down to South Beach, South Beach, well, South Florida, at least um, last, last May uh, to be with my girlfriend who ironically I met the same day I met you yeah. and uh, then uh, did that. I literally was there for like a week and I'm like, Oh my God, I absolutely hate it here. This is miserable. And I didn't know how to tell her. And I was like, it was one of those things where I kind of like made this huge move and I'd never really done anything like that before. And I got there and I'm like, uh, how do I do this? Like maybe this was a mistake. Maybe this was a bad idea. And I kind of dropped it into her one time and she's like, oh my God, thank God. She's like, I absolutely hate it here too. So we ended up moving back to Houston, Texas, which is where she's originally from, uh, just outside of Houston. We moved back here about eight months ago, like last winter. Dude, pulling into here, I was like, I absolutely love this place. It felt exactly like the Midwest to me. It felt like I was pulling into like a community in Ohio. So I've uh, been back in Houston now, enjoying the extreme summer heat here, and uh, yeah, man, just chugging along. Funny, I was talking to a, a buddy of mine from Alabama uh, a couple days ago, and I, w- I was like, yeah, it's just fucking hot, man. I'm walk- trying to find some shade to walk in while I talk to you, and he was like, man, what's hot over there? And I was like, dude, it hit 81 today, and he's like, <laughs> it's 108 and humid here in Alabama, man. Shut up. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man. Uh, you got a good dude, point. Dude, the, humid, hu- the humidity is like a whole different beast. Yeah. Like, it's like a complete. That was the biggest thing when I moved to Florida, man, is like you grew up in the Midwest or any, anywhere that's not considered like tropical and palm trees. And I just remember growing up being like, oh, my God, Disney World, palm trees, beaches, like the water is going to be blue, the Caribbean, Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, like all that kind of shit. And then next thing you know, I moved there and I stepped outside the front and I'm like, holy fuck, I'm like drenched in sweat already. Like. I don't know what to do. I don't want to go anywhere. And the thing about Florida is, and I think this like plays into everything. It's like such a, uh, uh, like a, like an abstract, not abstract, it's a concrete thing. You can actually look at and be like, okay, this really is what like life's about is Florida's beautiful. There's cool beaches. There's all this awesome stuff, dude, the people suck. Like life is about <laughs> people and connections and interactions and it's like, especially being from Ohio and especially having played football and then lived in Columbus, it's like, you just know everybody. And I ran the bars and restaurants. So it's like, I was networked really, really well. I knew a lot of people, but the, even at that, it doesn't matter. Like you can get off a plane. I, I dated a girl like five years ago from New York. First time she came to Ohio to visit, she got off a plane and I picked her up and she's like, she's like, uh, she's like, uh, there's a guy who said hi to me. I'm like, yeah. She's like, and this other dude like got my bag down from from the overhead for me it's like yeah what's the problem she's like what's wrong with them I was like what do you mean what's wrong with them I was like welcome to the midwest I'm like it's where people are nice and they talk and they interact with each other <laughs> you get down to like Florida and it's like all train well perfect example it's like that's why they call South Florida this I think they call it the, what the fifth borough or their sixth borough yeah it's literally it's like all snowbirds it's all people from New York that move down there yeah it's a vacation place, man. For for you always hear, hear that uh, in songs like rap songs, like uh, "Get Rich and and Die in Miami" or something like that. Get rich, yeah. and, you know what I mean? Because people just go there and retire. Well, I think it's, I think it's because they get there and they can't move because of the heat, <laughs> the heat w- and the humidity. I couldn't do it. I mean, being in Washington, man, it's it's like I love. It's funny because it's finally summer. Like it, dude. It was raining still at the beginning of this month, so it's actually just finally hitting sun which i'm happy about because my birthday's tomorrow so i'm taking some days off to just kick it and it's gonna be nice that's sunny but happy birthday thank you brother um i'm already excited for fall because fall in washington gets a little bit cooler it's a little breezy the trees start changing colors it's not raining a ton like it's like the most beautiful time of year and i can still wear a hoodie <laughs> you know <laughs> not wearing tank tops and sweating my ass off every day 
Dude, that's what it, that's what that's what I heard about uh, Houston is all Celeste uh, ever talked to, told me about was how humid and how bad it was here. And we moved here in December and dude, like December, at least January, February, maybe a little bit into March. I wake up at about four, four thirty every day, and it's like I go for a walk in the morning at five a.m. It's like thirty degrees outside, and it's crisp, and it's super cold, and it's like it feels a little like winter like. And by 11 a.m., it's, you know, 65, 70 degrees. However, on the flip side, now it's like triple digits, extreme humidity every day. It's, it's, it's pretty warm. But I went home to Ohio a couple of weeks ago, and I was there for like three weeks. It was literally 80 degrees, sunny, not a cloud in the sky, no humidity every single day. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the life. Yeah, I love that. Did you – you bounced around. So, like, there's a couple of things that come to mind when I think about, like, things I want to pull kind of – I hate the word pick your brain, but pick your brain on essentially for the audience. And, and one of them is like, it, it, it almost sounds like an oxymoron, but you are so invested in relationships and you're so connected with so many people yet. You're also kind of like a lone ranger in a sense. And because you're dude, you're bouncing around the country. You're so content. And I mean this in a good way. You're so content and happy and positive and accepting of who you are in your own life. And not giving a fuck about what other people are thinking, judging, or comparing to, but you're also somebody who values relationships and connection and, and stuff like that so much. You know what I mean? So kind of fill, fill us in on that. Like, how did you come to that place? Was, were you ever not in that place where you were competent and comfortable with yourself? Because um, this is a topic that I think I've spoken on, but not enough men actually talk about because our egos kind of don't allow us to, essentially. Um, but tell us your side of it, man. Dude, hit me in the feels, man. Like that's a, <laughs> that was like, that was a, it was a really cool way of uh, formulating it. Cause like, as you were saying that, I was like, that is like how I feel is, uh, you know, I bounce around a lot and <clears throat> well, let me, let me answer your question first. No, I, I haven't always felt like this. And I think it's because I haven't always felt like this that I do now. And uh, you know, it's just like anything in life. Like there's no, in and nothing's inherently good or bad. There is no such thing as good or bad. There's only what our perception of anything is. And it's individual. I mean, like super controversial thing to say, but it's like, literally, if you, if you want the most extreme case, look at like the nine 11 attacks, like as Americans, we're like, dude, that's the, that's horrible. That's one of our worst days in our history. And if you're one of the terrorists who did it, you're like, yeah, like, good. That's a victory. The same way. Look at, uh, uh, the, Boston Tea Party. It's like, as Americans, we're like, yeah, fuck America. And it's like, to them, they're like, uh, that's technically like to Britain. That was like terrorism. You know what I mean? So it's like, how can two people look at the exact same situation? One person can be like, this is good. One person can be like, this is bad. It's because nothing's inherently good or bad. It's whatever our perception of it is and our perception becomes our reality. So it's like, I had a lot of shit growing up. Uh, Everybody does. You know, everybody has a story. So it's like, like I use my backstory a lot to explain kind of like where I am now and when I do that I always like kind of put a preface with it just it's like dude like everybody has a story everybody has a story everybody has a struggle and like nobody's just worse or better than the other but you know every like ultimately if you take anybody no matter how extreme it is no matter how chill it is how great how privileged how um how many resources you had growing up like wealthy poor whatever it is everybody kind of has like the same story it's like growing up you had shit happen you created a bunch of insecurities you developed coping mechanisms throughout your teens and 20s uh and now you know i'm 33 now and it's like i've literally spent the last five years trying to re-engineer my brain and get around all those things because like i i spent so long like throughout my 20s i was i felt like and there's a lot of things I played into this. I felt like there was so many times I'd wake up and I'm like, dude, like, what am I doing? You know, like I grew up, uh, it, was, it was pretty much me and my mom. I had a lot of sisters. My dad was kind of a, like an alcoholic, abusive piece of shit for lack of better terms. And I just knew I wanted to get out of there. I knew I wanted to go play football in college. I wanted to go play at Ohio State. And everyone in my hometown kind of like laughed and scoffed at that. So I shut off to the world, not in like a cold way, but in a way of realizing like, I literally don't fucking care what anybody else has to say. Like, I don't care because at the end of the day, I want to accomplish this and nobody else is doing it. Nobody else is, I mean, I had like a small tribe of people that like totally supported me. So I love them and I want to give them all the credit, but outside of that, nobody, 
that thought I could do it. And it took a lot longer than I expected, but I ended up doing it. And I'm so glad I did. Otherwise, I would have spent the rest of my life regretting it, wondering what could have been. But even through that experience, it's like, you, I think that's kind of where it really started for me is wanting to go there so bad. It's like you look up to all these people and it's like, oh my God, it's you and it's you and it's you. And it's like, you know, any like sports fan, like, you know, every single guy on the team, you know, his stats, uh, his height, his weight, all these things. And next thing you know, you're playing right alongside of them. And I remember the first, like the first day I walked in after I made the team and I'm like, oh my God, like it's, you know, so-and-so I'm not going to say his name because two weeks later, it's like, I saw him piss his pants at a, at a party that he was just hammered at. And I'm like, oh, wait, he's a human. We're all human. Like everybody's the same at the end of the day. We just have skills. We have talents. And some people look up to certain skills and talents and put them on a pedestal as opposed to other ones. But at the end of the day, we're all human. So it kind of like started this whole thing for me. And then throughout my twenties, I ran bars and restaurants and I absolutely loved it. I loved every aspect of it. Um, I was in a relationship when I first got into the bar industry and, uh, yeah, I, I had been, I actually got cheated on really, really, really bad. Like I think she was in like probably like four or five other relationships. And for anyone who's like, uh, how does that even happen? Like, how does that, how does that happen is I, I left the house every day, at like 5am to go to football, you know, practice in the morning, class all day, practice in the afternoon, film, and you get home at like seven o'clock at night. So you're gone like 12, 14 hours a day. So it's kind of easy. And then traveling on the weekends for football and stuff. But um, yeah, man, so like that happened. And I had a buddy back home that was killed in a car accident at pretty much around the exact same time I found out about that. And it was the start of the, the quarter uh, of school right after I got done playing football. So it's like I was done with football. Uh, I just got out of this relationship and I had a buddy that was killed in a car accident. And I just started making like cash. It was the first, I was bartending and dude, I think my first night I was like candid, like they handed me like 200 bucks. I'm like, what is this? Like, what do I do with this? Who do I, who, am I supposed to hand this to somebody? They're like, no, that's yours. I was like, for what? They're like, for tonight. I'm like, $200, like cash, like in my hand, like just for tonight. Like I'm, I, I didn't even really do anything. They're like, well, you can give it back to us if you want, I'm like whatever. So, uh, dude, I fell in love with it immediately because we grew up, my mom and I, she worked her ass off forever. So like, I never saw her with $200 or just get handed $200. I mean, she's owned her own business forever. And she struggled for a really, really long time of it. So it was like, for me to start making this cash, it just like stuck out to me so much. And, you know, growing up, uh, you know, I can remember times of us rolling quarters and change together to like, for, for her to be able to pay rent. And, uh, and don't get me wrong, my mom worked her ass off for everything. Um, but ultimately like those are the, some of the things I remember. So I, I grew up thinking like money was going to fix things when I got older, I'm never going to be in that position. So I was making all this money. And then a couple years later, you know, by, I don't know, 26, I was running another couple other bars. I was making really good money by 27. I was like, man, there's just something about this. I don't just love this. And I started kind of moving more into the fitness space. I'd lost a shit ton of weight. Um, People had taken notice of that. I kind of was using social media a little bit and I started like a full on training business. And like, on, I think I decided on a Thursday I was going to do it. And by Monday I had like 60, I think 65 or 68 clients. And don't get me wrong though, dude, I had no idea what I was doing at all. Um, but it took about a year and I kind of figured some things out and, you know, I moved, I moved it along and I, I just through learning about all these things and, and all these human interactions, I like, I didn't love bartending because I was like handling alcohol. I loved it because I was entertaining people. I was interacting with 1500 people every single night and I got to know their names, networking. Like there's nothing more cool to me than knowing about people's lives because you've seen them for six, seven years, only on the weekends as you know, I'm a bartender, they're guests at a bar, but I know like their kids' names. I know about like significant events throughout their lives, probably because I poured them too many drinks and like caused some of those things to happen. But um, at the end of the day, it's like every aspect of everything to me has always been about relationships. And so I ended up, I was training, I was training clients, uh, coaching one-on-one with high school athletes. And then I was also still bartending on the weekends. I was making a shit ton of money 
And after growing up thinking money was going to be what fixed everything. And now I'm making all this money and I'm like in abundance. And I'm like, dude, like, I'm not happy. Like I'm not fulfilled. Like there's, there's, there's something missing and I can't figure out what it is. So I walked away from everything, went into a huge business endeavor with uh, somebody who was a very good friend of mine at the time and ended up totally losing my ass um, in that endeavor, like a lot, a lot, a lot of money. And it put me in a pretty, uh, pretty, pretty awful financial position for quite a while. But there's a beautiful thing that when you get all the non-essentials stripped away from you in life, you realize all you have left are, is, your, is one, yourself and your connections with other people. And I realized through those times that like, dude, I had some dope ass people in my life and people that I knew would go to bat for me. And that, that really helped me kind of get through all that, uh, both financially, emotionally, mentally, um, morally, like they were just like in your corner to make sure I was, I was good the whole time. And to, to those kind of things, there's like nothing I appreciate more. So the biggest lesson out of all of that rambling I just did was I realized the one thing that we all chase in life is money. We all think more money, more money, like money's going to do this. Like, that's why we try to post Instagram photos with like cool cars in the background, like, cause it represents money. That's why marketing's done with you, your sleazy ass getting out of a, a Rolls Royce to be like, Oh, look at how successful I am. And it's like, dude, like that shit does not mean anything. I like, like show me the richest people. And I'll also show you people that are probably pretty empty inside. Um, and that's not saying everybody that has money is just shallow. And that's all they, the, it, it, it's, one of the biggest things that sticks out to me is like, look at famous people that have committed suicide. And to me, and, and before I even speak on that, like mental health is a huge, huge aspect of me. Like I'm a huge advocate of it. I don't ever sit here and claim to be like someone that has ever struggled with like clinical depression or anything, but mental health is huge. And then you look at the people, like Robin Williams, Everyone's like, oh, how could he ever do that? He was famous. He had everything. No, he had everything you think you want. You think yeah. you want money. You think you want fame. You think you want people to just recognize you everywhere you go. You think those are the things you want. The problem is now imagine you get all those things and you're still not happy because you haven't addressed the underlying issues. You haven't addressed the root cause of stuff. You've, you've created a, a, a system that addresses your symptoms instead of the causes. And when you realize that those don't cover up what the actual causes are, it's kind of depressing. It's kind of like when I thought money was going to fix everything and then I achieved it, I had it. And I was like, fuck man, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm screwed up. And it's, and it's not me. It's that it was human connection. It was, it was, it was relationships. It was happiness. It was fulfillment. It was chasing and, and figuring out what like my purpose was. Cause I, I knew there was more than that. And that's where I think so many people get so pull up so short and stuff and, and give up on stuff so quick is it's like, it just doesn't feel right. I, I achieved what I want and I, I have the car, I have the girl, I have the house, I have whatever. And I have a seven figure business, eight figure business, whatever it is. And I'm still not happy. And it's because you never focused on anything else. Yeah. D have, you, have you ever read the book Tribe by Sebastian Younger or something like that? No, but I've heard of it. Dude, you got to read it or listen to the audiobook. I listen to the audiobook and it's a short book. So I listened to it in like three days. But he talks a lot about what you're saying right now. And in fact, the uh, suicide rate of like the United States or wealthy countries compared to third world countries and in more tribal communities is astronomically higher. Like it's insane. And you can literally go on this graph and see where there's more money, there's more suicide. And yeah. it doesn't mean, like you said, all rich people are depressed or not, but it just goes to show like there's, that's not, a complete coincidence there is some kind of correlation behind you know these tribal communities there is relationships and connecting and they're doing things with their hands and they're playing in the dirt and they're not just wrapped up into social media and netflix and money right and and it's i think it's something that we're kind of wired to throughout life especially men like we're like uh, after the industrial era i've talked about this before where basically all we're good for is work and making babies. So we just go through the cycle. Right. And, and a lot of people are wired that way and it kind of screws them um, until they find somebody essentially like yourself or somebody who's preaching this stuff to like kind of open their eyes and be like, fuck, maybe there's more here to that. Um, and I think like one of my questions that to follow up with what you're saying is on the side of accepting yourself and kind of removing both self-judgment and judgment of others that I'm getting that as like an important key of what you're saying right now. However, I think that's easier said than done. 
So when you talk to people about this stuff, how are you helping them avoid that? Because usually, you know, comparison is a, is a negative thing. Don't worry about, pe- about what people think. Of course, but that's fucking hard, right? Like, how do we actually accomplish that? Yeah, dude. Like, all that shit, it sounds, it sounds really good on paper. Or it sounds really good when, you know, a motivational speaker, which there's no, there's no such thing as a motivational speaker. Like, motivation is not a thing. Like, it's not something somebody else gives to you. Mm. It's a motivational speaker, and this is totally just a side rant, is like, it, it's somebody who's just speaking. They're sharing experiences, they're sharing their life. And it ignites something in you. It's pertinent to you the same way you could be sitting there and somebody else could be sitting in the same room, listening to the exact same thing. And they're like, yeah, whatever. It's already in you. So quit giving that fucking credit away to a motivational speaker. It's a speaker. It's somebody that's sharing something and it ignited something in you. It struck a chord in you. And sorry, I just had to get off on that rant oh. because it's just like a huge thing to me that people are like, I'm looking for motivation. I'm looking for this. Dude, it's all around you. It's like, it's like no one person can tell you where it's going to be. I mean, yeah, you can look at YouTube. You can, you know, listen to these, all these things. You can look at all the memes you want, look at all the fitness, all the, all the money, all those kind of things and try to get motivated by it. But until something strikes a chord within you, it's totally different. Anyways. Um, so dude, the number one way to quit judging yourself is you have to quit judging other people first. It's exact same thing as like, that relationship where I was getting cheated on really bad, dude, she accused me of cheating all the time. She accused (laughs) me of cheating all the time because she was writing every other dick in the city. And it's like, because it was relevant and it was pertinent to her. And it's like, because she was cheating, it's like any to her in her reality, which is all everything is, it's all about our own reality. Like your reality is different than my reality. And, but why are we such good friends? Because we have a lot of aspects of our each individual realities that align with each other. Mm. That doesn't mean everything's the same, but it's just like, that's what it is at the end of the day. Her reality is that people cheat on each other because she does that. So she naturally tells herself that. So that makes it relevant to her and uh, only assumption that I was doing it too. On the flip side, I wasn't. So to me, I wasn't aware that she was, I wasn't looking out for it. If you sit around and you scoff people and you talk shit about people all the time, what do you do? You sit there, then you're like, well, I do it. So I'm sure everybody else does. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Quit fucking judging everyone. You're judging everyone else because you're too scared to take the time to look at yourself, to go deep on yourself. And I'm talking like deep and I'm not talking. It happens in one sitting. I'm not talking. It happens over a course of a week or a month or a year. Dude, I've been at this shit for four or five years straight now. And Every day I have different realizations every single day. And granted, like some of it might come at night when I've uh, smoked a little weed, but you know, that's, that's the point though. Is it, you know, and I think that's a huge thing too, is what happens when I smoke weed, uh, like Celeste and I smoke every single night, uh, just for the sake of, we sleep so much better. It helps our bodies. We feel so much uh, more well-rested in the morning. But all of a sudden, like all these guards come down, like all these walls that you have up and we don't really have walls up and we still have them that come down. So it's like, think of how you walk around in your day-to-day life, just consciously living. Like your subconscious is running everything all the time. So your subconscious is what controls your reality. Your conscious brain is just what's actually carrying out all of those actions. So my subconscious brain might be telling me that you're out to get something just for yourself. So my conscious brain tells me, I'm going to stay away from him or I'm going to keep him at an arm's length. And it's like, so you, we all operate on this premise of trying to work with our conscious brain or we try to operate by saying, okay, I'm going to put myself around him or I'm going to talk to him. Or It doesn't matter what you do until you go to the root of the problem, which is your subconscious brain. Like, where did this come from? Where did this thought come in? Like it has nothing to do with you or whoever the person is across from you or around you or that you're talking shit about. This all has something to do with you. And it sounds so cliche. And that's why people get so caught up on it. Cause we can just brush it off and be like, uh, that's like something I saw in a meme. Motherfucker, dude, like anything you say about other people is a reflection of yourself. I can tell you right now, anything I've said about like negative or thought negative about anybody else. And I can say in this last year, if I really stopped and thought about it, it's because it was exposing a weakness of mine. That's what my issue was with them. I don't have an issue with them. I don't have an issue with what they do, but I thought I did. And it's because it's exposing a weakness of mine. And I don't like that. 
Nobody does. Nobody likes to feel weak. Nobody likes to like see where the chink in their armor is. So they ignore it. So what do we do to cover it up? It's like, we kind of make fun of someone else. We talk shit about somebody else. And it becomes this game of almost like a bum fight. It's like, if we can just make this person look a little bit worse than us, we don't really have to do much. And it's that whole idea of like, what is your standard? Like, what is your standard? Think of an Indian run. Like an Indian run, you know, where like the person in the back sprints to the front of the line yep. and it, it keeps everyone moving. And it's like, so what does everyone on the team always do? Like when you'd have to do that condition, it's like, hey, man, like just go, go slower. Like, don't, don't, don't push it too much. And there's always that person that took off and jetted to the front and got in the very front. And everyone's like, oh, my God, you're the one that's ruining the curve for all of us. So we all have to work harder now. Dude, that's the thing at the end of the day, man. Like you're in your own reality. Like. You can sit there and you can cater to other people's bullshit. You can cater to other people's weaknesses, insecurities, and issues. But you, like, you have to take care of your own first. You have to put yourself first in your life. And I think, uh, you know, you, you asked how I work with people on that. I get people to be selfish with themselves. Like, you have to be selfish. If you, you know, and, it, and it's such a conundrum to even say because it's like, we sit there and, I, and literally in the, same, in the same part of this conversation, I'm saying, we sit around, we talk shit about people. And then I'm like, oh, and be selfish. Well, if you can be, put yourself in a position to be selfish where you're looking at yourself first and instead of looking at everyone else's issues, you're looking at your own issues and you're going to fix that shit within yourself. So how has that become an unselfish thing to do? Guess what? You're not in a position to want to make fun of that person. You're in a position to now want to help that person instead of wanting to like use them to make you look better. You're like, dude, I don't need you to make me look better. I'm going to elevate myself though and fulfill myself and carry out whatever purpose I have by helping you. Because at the end of the day, everybody's passion is the exact same thing. Every single person is the exact same thing. I don't care if you're a doctor, a uh, mechanic, uh, you run marathon, like whatever it is, everyone's passion is the same thing as to help people. I, I break it down at the end of the day. If you're a mechanic, it's like, I wanna help you get your car back together. If you do HVACs, it's like, I wanna make sure your air conditioning is working well and this and this and this. Like, and that's why people who just take a job just to make money, never are fulfilled and they drop, jump from job to job to job because it's getting your passion, which inevitably is always going to be helping people aligned with your purpose, which is how you carry out that passion, how you get out. Like you're a coach. I'm a coach. You know, my mom owns a flower and gift shop. So she gets it out by helping people with, you know, funerals, weddings, taking the, 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 the good times, making them that much better, taking the bad times and helping ease the blow of it a little bit. Uh, and that, I mean, but she's selfish about it. She knows what she wants to do. I always say you almost have to be selfish in order to be selfless, right? Because like you said, if you're not taking care of yourself in that way, how are you going to take care of other people? You're not. Um, and, and it's kind of funny because like as you were saying all those other things, I, I, in my mind, I'm like, okay, so we have to, in order to not worry about what other people think or not worry about judgment from others, we first have to stop judging others. But in order to stop judging others, we have to start, stop judging ourselves. So again, it circles back to like, this shit starts with you, right? Like the self judgments, the doubt, the fears, the scarcities, the stories that you tell in your head, which we all tell the craziest stories every single day. Those are what has to be removed or at least handled better before you can start working on the rest of the shit. Yeah, dude, but like even what you just said, um, I'm going to say most guys, but most people in general hear stuff like that and they're like, oh, dude, you're a hippie. Yep. Oh, oh, telling yourself stories. Oh, you're doing this. Listen to the voice. Oh, what are you so spiritual? Like, all that, dude, it's not about that at all. It's the reality of what's going on. Mm -hmm. like, 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 like you have so, the human brain is so fucking complex. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I, I mean, like, I've barely even scratched the surface on understanding it. And I understand it a lot about it. And it's like, you know, you, we think we're chasing certain things. And it's like, dude, let's get down to the science of it. You think you're chasing um, cars and money and all this stuff. Dude, no, you're chasing dopamine hits. You think you're chasing, I want to, uh, you know, uh, I need to advance in what I'm doing or you're getting distraught or I feel so distracted. Like, uh, I'm just so distracted. I must have ADD. I can't focus. I can't do this. No, dude, you're, you're chasing a different neurotransmitter. You're chasing endorphins. You're chasing that thing that's going to release to let you know you're progressing towards the thing. And that's why I call it doing folding laundry. It's like you have a project you're working on and all of a sudden you, you all of a sudden find yourself folding laundry. Well, why? I do at least. It's because it's something I know I can do. I'm, I'm stuck in that project. I can't figure it out. 
and I, I, my body's literally craving something and yeah. it's a release of endorphin. It's, it's, it's a release of that, those hits to let it build up. I can see tangibly see it. It's the same thing of like, I love mowing the, I'll always mow the yard whenever I have something big I need to do because I can see like, I literally did that. I progressed. I advanced. I knew I could do that. And I did it. That's why we stick, get so comfortable doing the things that we already are comfortable with. We want to do those things because we know how to do them. We know we're going to succeed at them, but that's why it's important to have some things, you know, you're really good at mixed in with some things that you're not very good at. On the flip side, those are the selfish aspects. You also have serotonin and oxytocin, which are completely dependent on other people. Like we're, we're like, like, you think you're just an asshole or people classify you as being an asshole. Oh, it has to be his way or the highway. No, you literally have chemicals that are leadership chemicals being released in your body. Like you want to be in charge. You're chasing that vibe, that, that high of helping others, of, of getting a point across to somebody, of helping somebody succeed. And instead it just kind of comes across as some other bullshit that makes us feel bad about ourselves or people judge us as being bossy or whatever it is. In some cases it definitely is, but that's ultimately what you're chasing. But when you understand that, it allows you to go about it and achieve it so much better and do it in a better way, more conducive to everybody around you. You help everybody around you. You help yourself at the same time. So there's just, there's so much to it. And if there's one thing I could ever get people to do, it'd be to like lower that guard about, you know, the whole like, oh, you must be a hippie. If you talk about spirituality, if you talk about your brain, if you th talk about conscious versus subconscious, um, and the way all these things play together. I love that, dude. I think like, as people are listening to this, and, and I love it because this is such a not like, this is in the, and for people listening, we, it's like two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, we were just on the phone bullshitting. And I literally was like, dude, we got to do a podcast and talk about this kind of stuff. Because this is the stuff that nobody talks about publicly, because very few people even talk about it. But those few people usually talk about it in private conversations, because people are afraid to admit that they are not fulfilled, they are not happy, they are confused, they are a little lost, maybe they have times where they're sad, like things that I go through all the time. But like, I talk to guys like you, or Jordan Duggar, or Sam Miller, or like my buddies, Brad Jensen, like we just get on the phone and bullshit. And we talk about this stuff. Jordan Syatt's another really good person to talk to about this stuff, because he's so real about it. But as people are listening to this, I think they're starting to be like, okay, I get what you're saying. I agree with that. Yep, I resonate with that. Yep, that's me let's kind of get into like tangible action steps. Cause I know people love it when you're like black and white, what the fuck do I do now? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I have kind of like a list of things that I'm curious about um, with you and your experiences and everything. Um, and the first one is like your, your morning and or daily routine. Like it's kind of like a cheesy thing. Now everybody has like this morning routine stuff, but you get up really early as do I. And I got to imagine you have some kind of routine through your day, um, things that keep you grounded, whether it's, the first things you do, or it's something you revisit halfway through the day to keep you going. Um, what are those staples that you've integrated into your life that keep you moving forward? Oh, dude, I love that. Because I think that I think I think talking about a morning routine also plays back into that whole idea of like you, you mentioned morning routine and people are like, Oh, God, here we go. Like, you're gonna tell me I got to get up early or something. Dave, like, yeah. I don't fucking care what time you get up. Just put your ass to bed on time. Like, that's what it is more than anything. Like, you, you know, Look at that, for example, is people are like, oh, I really, really want to watch this show. I want to keep watching. I'm so, I'm so caught up in this show. Like, that's fine. But you know, you, like, you know what's going to happen tomorrow. Like, you already know. We all know. Like, if you're at a point in life where you're not happy with where you are, you're not happy with what's going on, like, you know what the fucking outcome is going to be already. Like, you don't need to try some things. You know what it's going to be because you do the same shit every single day. So you're going to, you know, unless you get hit by a bus, God forbid, uh, tomorrow, you're going to have another chance to go back to your same lame bullshit. So why don't you just try something different today? And that's what I tell people. I'm like, dude, like try getting up today. Just give yourself, you don't, you don't have to get up at 4.30 in the morning. If normally you get up at 8 a.m., dude, get up at 7.30. Give yourself 30 minutes. Start out, give yourself 30 minutes to yourself before you pick up your phone. The second you pick up your phone, if, like let's face it, everyone's fucking addicted to their phones. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, talking about dopamine, and, and how addictive it is, dude, dopamine is drugs. Dopamine is alcohol. Dopamine is pornography. Dopamine is also your phone. It's addiction. And it's, a, it's a total addiction. It's, it's, it's every time it beeps, every time it goes off, every time you get a notification, uh, every time you have something pop up on your phone. Like, that's what I tell people. I'm like, dude, turn your uh, social media notifications off. Like, you don't need that shit dinging and binging all day long. 
uh, because you, you're letting yourself become addicted to it. And like, when you like, dude, I used to be like that. If I, if I didn't get one for too long, I'm like, oh, what, what, what's, what's wrong? There must be yeah. something wrong. And you pick up your phone and you get into that and you quit working on what you're working on. And next thing you're distracted and you do that 10 times a day. And like, like say, when you like say this shit out loud, like me right now saying this out loud, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of embarrassing that yeah. like, I would do that that much, but it's like, that's a reality. It's like, I'm literally on my phone this fucking much and I can't stop. Um, so turn off your notifications. Like if you, there's nothing that you need to know right this second. Do not disturb. Yeah, dude. Like if, if there's a, if there's something pertinent, if there is something time sensitive to like, like you're, you're doing a launch or something for your business and you have an online business and you're doing something with social media, that's a little bit different. Other than that, dude, people got by for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years without having their Facebook notifications yeah. on. Yeah. I keep, dude, I literally keep mine on Do Not Disturb 24 7. Like it just never comes off of it because to me, that allows me to be in control. Right. And for a long time, I wasn't, like you're saying, like it literally was like notifications controlled me and it was creating so much anxiety. Um, I stopped wearing my Apple Watch for a long time. And now I just know that I can turn off notifications on it so I can wear, <laughs> wear it for steps and stuff. But um, I just keep it on Do Not Disturb. And the only people that can get through it are my assistant and my wife. And they both know to only call if it's like an emergency otherwise just text me and i'll get to it when i'm i'm ready especially if it's in the work day my wife will call me twice if it's something serious so i've been on the podcast and she'll call me and i'll ignore it and she calls me right back and i'm like dude i gotta go and and i jump on and it's something serious it's only happened once but we have that communication because she understands that i'm like that you know like i want to get away from all this stuff because especially running an online business it's fucking hard man it's hard not to be stuck in there and you know that because you do the same um but i love that because that's one of my like staples as well uh, but speaking of routines and staples, so the first one is obviously getting away from your phone. And I'm assuming, do you have like a time limit where you're like, I only spend this much time or I like, I don't check my phone until this time or something like that. So I don't, I don't really put like stipulations like that with it. So what I do is, um, people, people talk about it all the time. Like the idea of like putting your, like, don't sleep with your phone in the room mm-hmm. with you. Um, I do it twofold. Like I do it once. So I'm not actually not sleeping with it right next to me. So I don't have the sense to like roll over in the middle of the night and pick it up. I do like, if I used to wake up at like, maybe I'd wake up at 1am, 2am to like take a piss, you go back to bed and it's like, you just pick up your phone and check it. Like how many likes did I get? What yeah. is this? Have I got any texts or whatever? Next thing you know, you're up for like three hours and you're like, Oh shit, I got to start my day now. And yeah. so I don't really do that, but I, I keep it in my office, which is like one room away from our bedroom. So I can hear it go off in the morning. Um, it, so when my alarm goes off, it makes me literally get up out of bed and I have to go into the other room. I literally have my like vitamins, supplements, anything I'm going to take, I take in the mornings. I have it laid out right next to my phone. So I have no reason to not start my day right then. Like, and I said, I just set it out the night before. It's like something so small. So I turn my alarm off, whatever. I usually read first in the morning. I'll, I'll, like the first three hours of the day are literally selfish as hell. Like they're all about me. So I'll meditate. And, and when I say meditate, I don't mean I sit down there and like pinch my fingers together and cross my legs and hum. And like, I, I it's, it's practice It's taken a while to like get okay at it, but yeah. it's a, essentially, it's just like this sense of, to me, it's almost like emptiness and not in a bad way. It's emptiness of like letting your brain just completely clear the chart for the day. Like uh, still complete stillness the ability to because i mean it is it's, it's literally it's a practice to be able to have thoughts come into your brain and not judge yourself be okay with those thoughts and just let them go yeah. just as easy as they came in and that was the thing for the longest time as why i couldn't meditate is because i thought i was like dude am i doing this right like I, i'm thinking about all these things and i'd almost get anxiety about business more than anything like oh i, yeah. I, I could be doing this okay well Let's think about that. Why was I getting anxiety about business? Well, it's because I was having all these thoughts about business. Why was that? It's because I was clearing my brain and, and on the things I'm passionate about and excite me were coming in. That was actually creativity happening. So what if I could practice that as a set thing? How much more creative am I, gonna, am I gonna, maybe going to be throughout the day? How many issues am I going to address that I'm carrying over from the day before? Maybe an argument, maybe a bad client check-in, maybe something, just some bad juju, something that like, didn't set right with me. I don't want to carry that shit into my next day. Like, that's the beautiful thing about sleep, man. Like, you get some sleep, it's like a reset. We literally get to go to bed every night and reset and start our next day completely fresh. Everyone gets so fucking amped up for, you know, New Year, New Me. Dude, you can get a New Year's Day every single day. It's just for you to think about it like that. And so 
That's what I do. First thing is I clear my entire brain. Once you do that, it's like clearing the channel to then put in whatever you want it to be. And then I like, I try to get as grateful as I possibly can. And when people say, you hear that again, people kind of build up a wall. It's like, what do you mean get grateful? I don't have anything to be grateful for. Dude, if you're fucking alive right now, you have something to be grateful for. And it's that you figured out a way to get through the shit that you've gotten through to this point. Like, and if you, if you really, if on the surface, you think you don't have anything to be grateful for, you must have a lot of bad shit going on in your life. And you're still here. You made it like be grateful for that. Start there because when you are grateful, you can't simultaneously be angry and resentful and shameful at the same time. Get really grateful. Get grateful for the people in your life. Get grateful for the connections you've had. Get grateful for the bad things that have happened to you because inevitably it's put you where you are today and where you are right now is exactly where you're supposed to be because it's going to lead to where you're going to end up. Now, with that being said, don't get lazy and be like, okay, I'm sitting here in bed. Um, I really want to have a million dollars tomorrow. Hopefully it's going to lead me there. That's not the way it works. But so clear your brain, get really grateful. Then I read and I literally just read until I find something that's like noteworthy to me that stands out to me that has a concept. And then I journal about it a little bit and, or I'll take Same a picture way. and I'll share it on social media and I'll journal it. And I've done that now for three years, four years. And I'm like simultaneously kind of writing, using all those notes and I'm writing two books kind of at the same time right now, actually. Um, so I do that. And then like one of our biggest thing ever since I went home back to Ohio, like I grew up on the lake in Ohio, Northern Ohio. I went down to the beach every single morning while I was home for three weeks uh, for the sunrise. And it was like amazing. And there was just something about it. There's something about the water. I grew up around the water. I love water. Um, so when I got back to Texas, we live about an hour away from Galveston Island. So a lot of days right now, and Celeste has been doing it with me also, we'll get up at like four or five in the morning, take off by five to get down to Galveston by like six, 6.30 for sunrise. And dude, everyone does grounding and stuff like that, like walking barefoot in the grass. There's actually no better way to do that idea and concept of grounding than to be able to go at least ankle deep in the ocean. Mm. Because on actual ground, walking to the grass, there's so many towers and things built into the ground that uh, affect the earth's frequency. Now we're really getting into the woo-woo stuff um, <laughs> that affect the frequency. The whole idea of grounding, the whole idea of what we're trying to do the whole time is I, I think it's like negative 14 megahertz that we're, we're born with. And that's where we're born at. And all the things we're exposed through takes us further towards the positive direction, positive not being necessarily where you want to be. We're always trying to get back to that negative 14 megahertz. Now, don't quote me on that. I don't know if that's the exact number. Um, but we're always trying to get back. So that's what like, grounding is and, and, you know, meditation and bringing yourself back to that same frequency. And it's like, once I do all that, you know, I'll, by that point, I've already, you know, I've, I've had my phone in my hand. I've taken a picture of like, whatever the book quote is, I share it on social media. Um, and I just do that. It's kind of like an accountability thing to me. And it's also a point of sharing something every day. Mm -hmm. And then from there, uh, I do a morning rant every single day, just about now. Uh, I did it for like two years straight. And then I kind of took last year off. Last year was kind of like a huge transformational year for me between all the moving and, and just a lot of different scenarios. Uh, but I've been doing it again for, I don't know, the last two months or so. But I do that. And that's kind of like my morning routine. It, it's just getting my shit together, getting my head right, getting myself. And it's all about putting yourself in control uh, before you even like step outside to take on anything that is out of your control. Like I can't do If I walk out my door right now and somebody has a gun and they shoot me in the head, I cannot control that. But if I walk outside and someone's going to try and rob me, I also have the ability to have the control over how I respond to that, how I react to that, you know? And it's like, I tell you what, I don't know because I'm not in that scenario this morning, but like, Dude, just about any morning, I literally am so right with myself. My headspace is so good that I really feel like I could just knock the shit out of anybody and handle the situation so cool and level-headed. Uh, any, I feel like I can take on anything. I feel like I can take on the world by the time I step out the door in the morning because of my morning routine. On the flip side, just for contrast, it's like most people are like, oh, I want to give myself 10 more minutes, 10 more minutes, 10 more minutes, 10 more minutes. Oh, fuck. I'm going to be 20 minutes late for work. <laughs> so you jump up, you're rushing around, you're doing all the shit, and it's like... You, you spill something, you drop something, you're running out the door, you forget something inside, you trip on something. It's like, oh, God damn it. Uh, you, you're driving to work really quick. Somebody cuts you off in traffic. And because of that, 
maybe you spill your coffee on yourself and you're like, oh, you got to be fucking kidding me. And you're all mad and you're all angry and stuff. At no point do we step back and we go, this is my fault. I literally have the ability to control this and I have the ability to change this. Yeah. But what's going to happen? You're going to stay up all fucking night again. You're going to wake up tired, annoyed, irritable, pissed off. And you're going to just literally like, you're not even going to have an option. You just have to thrust yourself into your day, uh, serving everybody else, emails, text messages, phone calls, other people driving, how this is happening. Dude, fucking guess what? If you get up early and you wouldn't have to worry about that person cutting you off, don't like quit trying to be, get to the office if you're supposed to be there at eight, quit trying to get there at 7.59 to then look for a parking spot, to then walk in at 8.05. And then by 8.10, your boss wants to talk to you. And by 8.15, you have to look for a new job. It's like, dude, that's the, that's the way this shit goes. Like that's, I mean, that's a very uh, broad overview, but like ultimately that's the way it goes. The thing I like most about that is, is that you said, and this is something I say all the time, I say power, but you say control, same thing, um, putting yourself in control every morning. I always say like the point of a morning routine is to put yourself in power before the day starts. Um, I also love that you, you mentioned this because this is what I've been doing for years and I always tell people, people are like, how long do you read for? And I'm like, I read until I have a light bulb moment. And when I have that light bulb moment, I write it down. Like, yes, because a lot of times you go, oh, I'm going to read fucking 20 pages today and you get through and you just literally forget about all these gems that you picked up because you're so focused on getting through 20 pages. You'll remember one thing out of all that. If I read one page and I have that moment, I'm done. I'm going to journal. It, I'm going to save that thought and I'm going to move on with my fucking day. Um, so I love that you said that, man. Uh, speaking of books, I, I do want to jump into like a couple rapid fire questions. And the, the first one was books that change your life. I know you're a big reader. Um, there's li- and I'm curious because there's been a few books that came to mind as you're talking that I'm like, God, if he hasn't read that, he needs to because he, he's speaking straight from that book, which is crazy. But um, what books have changed your life? What are your, your top books? Uh, hands down, the number one would be Relentless by Tim Grover, who was like Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan's uh, trainer. Dude, it's so amazing. I mean, I, I, I seriously, like, I've, I think I've reread it probably four or five times. And every time I go back, it's like I pick up something else. It's almost like the entire book's highlighted now. Uh, so it's like, now I'm just like, I'm going to go read the parts that aren't highlighted to see if I find anything else out. Um, so that would probably be my number one. Um, number two would be uh, Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. Love that uh, dude, he, like, I love everything about Simon Sinek. The dude gave complete formulation to all these things I'd done throughout my life. I just, I didn't know how to like put like a word or a saying or a thought behind it or put it together. Yeah. Um, so I love that. And then the third, well, there's two more. Uh, I think it's uh, Dare to Be dare to be great or greatly daring or daring greatly daring uh, greatly I have, Brene, my, Brene yeah, Brown. I have it on my bookshelf <laughs> Dude, it's so it's so amazing and the only reason I got confused about that I read it about a year and a half ago one of my cl- old clients sent it to me and she's like dude you're the male version of Brene Brown and I'm like I gotta read this and I read it, I'm like ah that's so dope I love it <laughs> you know it's funny um, dude a, a client gifted that to me and said like this book reminds me of you gotta read it and I have not read it and I've had it on my bookshelf for like two years so you saying that makes me be like, fuck, I got to pick that up. I got to read that book. Dude, it's definitely good. I love it. It's, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's literally it's everything we deal with, it, and especially men. I think men should read it more than anything because it's literally it's all about the power of vulnerability. Mm. The, and, and, you know, it's the combination between, and it's it, like, if you're somebody who feels like you're stuck, you're stuck in your emotions, you're stuck in your feelings. I, and it's always, to me, it's men. Like mental health with men is a huge thing to me because- not many people want to talk about it. Like most guys want to be like, Oh, I'm just a big hard ass. I lift weights. I'm a man. It's not cool to talk about feelings, emotions, crying and all this shit, but we all do it. Everybody does it. And it's like, if you want to get out of that rut of feeling shame and you want to feel, it's like, she explains it so beautifully. And, and the way to, you know, the, the, the correlation between perfection, which is what most men feel like they have to be. And every time there's, the, the feeling that you have to be perfect about something, you inevitably are also feeling shame right along with it um, because it's not attainable. So it'd be that. And then the last big, big, big one, uh, I'm rereading it right now. Celeste is actually, re- we're both reading it. Uh, we each have it, but um, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. It's, dude, it's so, it's so good. It's so deep on where it lets you think about your brain, the way you consciously think about others, the way 
um, like kind of the, the way you put things together in, in your head of what your reality is. And it really, this, I, I've reread it three times now. And this last time that I, well, this time that I'm going through it right now, it was the first time I realized kind of what I was talking about earlier is like, we each have our own reality. Like that's all we have. We have our realities and we have conclusions that we've made about those realities. Like we have a conclusion that we have a conclusion we've already made about ourselves. We have a conclusion conclusion that we've made about anybody else. And then we have a conclusion that we've made about the world. And because of that, it's like, if you want to change your relationship with somebody else, you have to go to your general thesis that you have in, like floating in the back of your head of your conclusion about other people. If you want to change something about yourself, you have to go to the general conclusion that you've already made about yourself. You know, it's like, if, if you tell yourself all the time, I'm not worth that, or I'm not worthy of this, or I'm not good enough for this, like you're never going to think you are. You have to go back to that and address that issue. You have to actually work on that. And people get so confused when you say like, you have to go to that, or you have to go back to that. Cause to them, it's not like a, a physical destination. It's not like you can put it in your GPS and go find it. It's like, you have to think about it. You have to sit there with yourself and think about it or a therapist or a psychiatrist. I would much more recommend a therapist. Uh, because I don't think you should just get on some pills to make yourself feel better to release, you know, more neurotransmitters to feel to balance things out. It's like, dude, go to the actual cause of what's making you feel this way. And uh, when you can let go of that, dude, it's, I don't know, man, I, I just feel like I see the world so much brighter now. Yeah, I, I mean, I 100% agree with everything you're saying. And I literally bought that book right when we got off the phone last time because you were like, dude, you got all the power it. now. Yeah, dude, that's so I grabbed that right away. And if there's one more, I would say quit doing that or stop doing that shit by uh, John Gary Bishop or Gary John Bishop. Uh, it kind of ties both aspects of that in about like kind of what we think our realities are. So those are the ones I'd say definitely the best. I love that, man. That's a, that's a list of books. Um, every single one of those books has not been like when I ask people that or people ask me, I've never listened to any of those. So I'm glad because that's a, a question, a funny a question I get more than most. <laughs> what books should I read? What books are you reading? Like, I feel like I get that all the time. Um, which is funny to me because usually when I, like I do get book recommendations from people like you or Jordan or the different people I talk to, but usually it's just because you send me a cover. You're like, dude, you got to read this or it just comes up in conversation. I never ask people like, what are you reading? Um, I usually just Google search <laughs> like, yeah. books on this or I like go on Amazon. And I think that's, what's funny about people want information. Like I had somebody send me a message that they asked me a question that I was like, dude, I don't even know that. I'm just going to Google it. Like <laughs> you should probably just. Dude, how, cra how, how crazy is that? How crazy? Uh, like you can do fucking anything you want to do. Like you don't have to, you, you don't have to hire a mechanic. You don't have to hire a plumber. You can literally just Google how to do it yeah. and then watch a YouTube video step-by-step step and repair your whole house by yourself or whatever it might be. It's insane. It is insane. It's absolutely insane. Um, speaking of things that change your life, man, people, the people that have changed your life, that could be like one person could be 10 people. And it doesn't have to be people that are literally in your life. It could be people from afar, you know, like mentors and influences from afar. Um, or it could be people very close to you, but who are the people that have changed your life and why? Um, I mean, off the bat, I'd have to say my mom, my sister, my grandma, my grandpa, uh, and my uncle, um, all on my mom's side. I pretty much was all, I was raised by all of them and they were like such an incredible influence in my life. Uh, I didn't really have that much of a relationship with my dad's side of the family. Cause I didn't really go see my dad very much growing up. I didn't really have any desire to be around him and I didn't have much of a relationship with him. Um, but with that being said, my dad, like I, uh, you know, I, I think it's in the Tony Robbins documentary about like, um, what is it? I'm not your guru mm -hmm. where there's like the girl that's talking about like her relationship with her father and he's like okay cool like you spent all these years hating him now you need to love him like you need to hate him eloquently and you need to love him like over the top because you can't have good without bad so it's like i don't get to sit here and just have all this anger and resentment towards him because that anger and resentment towards the kind of person he is also helped shape the kind of person that i am now like it showed me all the things i don't want to be yeah so i have to appreciate those at the exact same time and that was probably one of the biggest uh, personal kind of like personal uh, breakthroughs or like self-realization moments of being like, dude, I need to like anybody that I have resentment against or for, or anger with, it's like, I have to appreciate them at the same time because they're showing me something. And 
when you can lower that guard of being just feeling like you have to be pissed off at people all the time or angry, it's like, it totally opens a whole different dimension of the world to you. Like you literally, like, I'm not even bullshit and like colors seem brighter to me. I feel like I notice more things because I'm so much of my time and energy isn't consumed by like being on guard. I love that, dude. I think this is another one of those things where people kind of roll their eyes with, but this is why, you know, there's always a positive and a negative, or there's always a lesson inside of every situation. And people would be like, oh yeah, okay, I know. But the people that do that are the people who I always say, like you respond versus react, right? They're two different things. And I think the people that can actually find that positive or find that lesson are the people that understand how to actually respond to situations versus just react abruptly, right? Well, dude, I mean, and I, I always use the, the, uh, like the analogy of a Yelp reviewer. Like nobody ever goes on Yelp to like be like, oh, this place is awesome. People go on there to bitch. People go on there to complain. And it's like, think of the way your brain's wired. Like just think of the thoughts that you have throughout the day. I guarantee 98% of them are negative. So it's like, we are so inclined to find the negative and everything. So by default, if you can find the negative and there has to be contrast in order for it to be negative, that means positive and something good. And there is a lesson to be taken from it. It's like, it's just up to you to find it. Yeah. So, so I don't care how bad it is. I don't care how horrible it is. Like you could be in the worst fucking spot ever mentally, emotionally, physically. I don't care. There's something beautiful waiting for you to be, to realize that it's there also and to then expand on that and emphasize that aspect. So important. Again, easier said than done, but if there's like one thing I think people can take away from this podcast, it's probably that. Um, but dude, we're going to wrap this up and I do want to ask you one final thing to leave the audience with. I, I actually never do this, but for some reason I just feel like I need to do this with you. <laughs> so, uh, If you could leave the audience with one single thing, like one lesson, one tip, one piece of advice, one sentence, anything you want, what would that thing be? I mean, <laughs> I guess I would say is to like open your mind and realize that the way the world is to you and what your reality is doesn't, isn't how it has to be. It can expand, it can change, it can grow. Like you don't have to be filled with anger, resentment. You don't have to be limited. You don't have to feel like all the good things in life are meant for somebody else and that you're just, you know, and I, and I, I think that's how everybody feels. Everybody feels like, I got the shit end of the stick. It doesn't matter how successful you are. It doesn't matter because like, you know, so many people can look at other people and they're like, oh, dude, you have everything. And those people are all the time. Like, look at social media. Look at how many people you know on social media. They're like, oh my God, they're amazing. And they have everything. I've known a lot of fucking people from social media that seem like they have their shit together and they know everything and they have all this money. Those are the same people that I know that are, are defaulting on credit card payments that, are getting divorces that are not happy in life that are, are constantly trying to change their, their career because they can't figure it out. So what, and, the, and that's not even a knock to them. What I'm saying is to everybody that looks and we compare ourselves to everybody else, stop comparing yourself, like stop comparing yourself. Cause you're comparing yourself to something that's not real. You're, you're comparing yourself to what anybody else wants to show you. You're not inside their brain. You don't know what it really is like. So find the power within yourself, find the power within what your reality is and just fucking take it to the max. Like take, like, like, like there's nothing more powerful. There's no, nothing more beautiful. There's nothing more impactful that's going to change people's lives and help others around you and help yourself at the same time than becoming who you really are. Like, and being okay with that, finding the comfort in who you are and finding the power in that there's 8 billion people on this planet or something like that, something around there, 8 billion people on this planet. And there's one of you. Yeah, what do we say all the time? We're like, oh, this, this market's so saturated and this is so saturated. Dude, there's only one of you. What yeah. is it? One in 400 trillion are the chances of you being here right now. Yeah. And it's like, there's, that's magical. Like the fact that you're listening to this, if, you're, if you hear these words that I'm saying right now, like as I'm saying this, I'm like, I'm so fucking grateful to be in a position, to be on this microphone, to have the technology, to talk to you, to have connected with you. Like, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. There's only one, like, like the odds of me being here, very, very slim. So I'm really grateful that I am. So if you're listening to this, get really grateful. If you don't have anything else that you think to be grateful for, how I said, like, start your day with gratitude, dude, you're alive. Like you're here. You have a chance that like, uh, honest to God, like we, we, the relativity is the issue. 
So we're like, oh yeah, there's 8 billion people on this planet. There's so many people. There's people that piss me off. There's these people. I have these friends. And dude, it doesn't matter. Like you have this opportunity. It's a chance. So like take full advantage of it. I love that, dude. I think if more people can have that mindset, I think the world would be a better place. And I think that for all the people who are like, fuck, I don't have anything to write when I'm trying to write my gratitude journal. Like think of all the shit that you're, you take for granted. Like those are all the things that you should be grateful for. And, and then it, you'll have a big list of things to write in your gratitude journal. Um, but man, uh, tell everybody where they can find you because if, if I would highly recommend people check out at least your Instagram just so they can see really just a positive side and look at so many different things. I mean, there's just so many times where I read your posts and it just immediately helps me change my perspective and, and remind myself to be grateful and remind myself to look at the positive. So I, I love you for what you do, man, but tell everybody where they can find you. That's awesome, man. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I do pretty much everything through Instagram. Uh, and from there you can DM me, uh, my emails on there, my Calendly link. Uh, if you want to work together, uh, even inquire with me, I do everything through that link just to like set it. Cause I do everything through FaceTime or video chat. Um, just cause I try to keep it as personable as I can, especially with it being in an online space. Um, so everything, yeah, I would just say, keep it simple and stick with Instagram. You can find me through anything on there. Love it, man. I'll put that all in the show notes for you guys. And, uh, dude, thank you for your time. Dude, thank you so much, man. It's been a pleasure. Before I let you go, I just want to say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering, and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor. Please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing. Head over to boomboomformance.com slash sign dash up or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the nutrition hierarchy. This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at Cody at boomboomperformance.com. I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. This is literally an invitation to jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here and I'll see you next time.